Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully. No music? Joined by Gordon Mack. No music today. Zero music on the pod today because we don't have a second oh, there to wait. There's the music. Hey. I need... Oh, it was playing, but not for us. Okay. Well, now we sound just silly to everybody else. It's I'm okay. Kevin. He's Gordon. Zurich Diamond League. We're used to sounding silly. Gordon, good afternoon. How are you? Doing good. Diamond League is officially, as they say it, in the books. Mm-hmm. Closed chapter. The 2021 Diamond League season is over. We've had some wild moments from the Diamond League from the beginning when it started, when we were getting excited that track was back to the craziness of Prefontaine to now this Diamond League finals. We had this something called the Olympics in between and the Olympic trials. But um, overall, you know, we I think we got some good we got some good track meets going on in over these however many there were 14 different diamond mm-hmm. leagues and the diamond league finals may not have been as much pressure as the olympics but we still got some legitimate upsets some legitimate marks and uh some le- legitimate debate on who is the the king or queen of certain events because not all diamond league champions were also olympic champions mhm and we also got a lot of things to watch going into 2022, not just in terms of who's the best in the world, but with American athletes getting buys, changing up the landscape a bit in those events, which we'll get to later. The whole season, Gordon, it's been about fast. And I thought today was about being close. There were so many close races across the board, so many small margins. Times were not as quick as they've been throughout the year, but you expect that after a long season and everything these athletes have been through over the past couple of months. But just the amount of races that went down to the wire was higher than any other meet I remember this season. Yeah. I Some of these races I missed because we were filming a, a different segment, but then I look at the results. I'm like, oh man, that was a close race. And then we go back and watch the replay and you see like Michael Cherry kind of leaning over and falling down across the finish line. And <laughs> That happened multiple times in different events. So overall, there was a lot of drama, which is what you want in track. You want drama. You want something interesting to watch. And I guess we got to start this pod talking about the event slash events of the year, and that's the women's sprints, right? That women's mm-hmm. 100 with Elaine Thompson hurrah. We knew she was going to win once we found out no Shelly and Fraser Price. Uh, and she didn't disappoint. She, she could have gone out there and run a – 10-8 and still won this race, but she gave us a 10-6-5, which meet record. It's incredible that we're looking at 10-6 on a clock and we're like, eh, you know, okay, cool. Like, that's how great she's been. She's been able to turn 10-6 into a, an average mark based on her mm-hmm. entire season. Um, fastest time since uh, – it's her first Diamond League title since 2017 – according to mm-hmm. the Wanda Diamond League Twitter account. But uh, overall, what do you think of her, her 10.65? Yeah, this was the one race really that was not close. The one you know, marquee race that was, that was not close that we were you know, thought potentially going in um, could be close, although when Fraser Price pulled out, she didn't. And Warholm obviously got his victory. What I think, it was just exactly what you expect from Elaine Thompson. And before the race started, I thought, well, I think she's going to go for it because why not? No guarantee she's going to be in the shape again, as we've talked about time and time again 
on this pod, you don't know if you're ever going to be in 10, 6, low, 10, 5 shape again, because very few people in human history have ever been in that type of shape. And listen, the second half of a race is just unstoppable. And and the, the amount of distance she puts on people from 50 to 100 is just staggering every single time you watch it, because you look and you see where they're at at 50 and you're thinking, okay, well, this one's going to be close or maybe the time will be a bit slower. And then she just does all that work in the second half and puts distance between herself and everybody else and knocks out another all-time time. I mean, what are we at now? We're at four sub 1070s on the year and then one sub 1060. It's just that yeah, that's unprecedented consistency. So a 1054, a 1061, a 1064, and a 1065. This is the fourth best mark of the season for her and it was a 1065 now mind you going into this year we looked at 1070 is really that line that if someone ever if someone dipped under it would have been a huge deal and it's just become commonplace this year yeah you need shelly ann to run now i think a 1064 in her final race which (laughs) i think will be happening next week so it can be you know Elaine Thompson, every hundred. Elaine Thompson, Shelly, Elaine, Shelly, Elaine, Shelly. That's what we need. That symmetry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, looking at these uh, overall record books now. This is all time. You're just seeing a lot of 2021 Jamaicans, right? You just mm-hmm. they just have infiltrated this, you know, top ten all time mark with like everything they've done in the year of 2021. It's amazing. It shows that none of these races were flash in the pans. They showed, they backed up every performance with an equal performance or an even better performance to kind of double down on the legitimacy of their talent. You know, because we've seen a lot of times where there's certain athletes who's just like that random one-off mark where everything was perfect and they've never been able to touch it again. Uh, they showed that they can, that none, nothing was fluky about this year for both Elaine and Shelly Ann. Fortunately, we didn't get to see the Shelly Ann versus Elaine show one more time. I think when we've been debating about who has had the better season overall, I think because Shelly Ann hasn't given us an opportunity to see her try to beat Elaine one more time, yeah, I give it to Elaine Thompson. I mean, she's got the double-double, I guess technically triple-double because of winning the 4 by one um, and now winning the Diamond League, running – all-time top, top marks. Elaine thompson Raw, you are, without a doubt, the fastest woman on this planet this year. I'm back. There you go. All right. So the last thing I heard, you said you were going to start talking about the women's 100. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, you, you, came, you literally came back right when I finished my statement. So I had no idea that, oh. you, were, that you were frozen. So that was perfect. It was perfect. I should have just played. I should have just played. I just played it. I should have played it off. And listen, the people listening and not seeing it would have never noticed. They'd have never been yeah. like worse for what they would have never been into the wiser about this, this black box on one side of the screen. I also wanted to mention, did you talk about Dean Asher Smith? Did not. I only talked about Elaine okay. and a little bit of Shelly. Okay. It's 1087 solid run for her season best. She was in her best form post Olympics, which is, a tough break, but I thought a good rally for her to get second. And you go farther down that list, you know, you got three other women who are sub 11 
not all the superstars lined up in here. It would have been awesome to see the Jamaicans go for another sweep again with with Fraser Price and Jackson and obviously Richardson for the U.S. We didn't get that, but Thompson Raw is good enough to where she makes you want to watch because she puts puts these improbable times up time and time and time again. Moving on to the, you want to go women's two now? Yeah, stay in the in this world. All right, how many times have I seen this women's two? I know I've only seen it like twice with this group, with Mboma and Jackson, with Mboma coming back and catching Jackson. But when it was developing, it was so predictable that I feel like I had seen it eight or ten times this year. It just felt like, was there any doubt in your mind what was going to happen with about 90 meters to go? No. I mean, there was no doubt in my mind after the first, like, 20 meters because you saw, obviously – Mboma does not have a good start. She needs like mm-hmm. 80 meters before she can get to like her elite talent and then runs yeah. that final 120 out of this world. And you talk about, we've seen this so many times. Yes, we've seen the Mboma Jackson show and they're also running the same similar marks, right? They're running 21, yeah. eight, 21, seven highs. I think they're going to be racing again in uh, Zagreb live on flow yeah. next week. So this is even the last time we're going to see these two face off. Now this probably had the most like stakes because obviously Diamond League, get the Diamond League mm-hmm. trophy, which is a weird shaped trophy. I'm not going to lie. The Diamond League trophy looks kind of weird. Uh, and, you know, I think we have yet to – we have to remember, Christine Mboma, she's so new to this 200. She's young, right? She's born in 2003. Mm-hmm. Uh, she – has broken the world junior record five times, which is incredible. Uh, just looking at yeah. that that screenshot right there of the the new list of all time world junior marks, and then not to mm-hmm. mention, I guess she tied it. So she broke it or tied it six times because she tied Allison mm-hmm. Felix with that twenty two eleven back in, I guess at the Olympics in like a prelim in the heat in the heats the heats of our the Olympics. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about her. Obviously, there are people who we've talked about this with Nian Saba. The, she's a DSD athlete. She made her big uh, moment on the track with her 400 performance where she ran an incredible fast 400. Then she was banned from the four, now in the two, and now she is dominating the two. But mm-hmm. she isn't truly dominating, right? Because she isn't, she's beating Sharika Jackson. She's not beating. Elaine Thompson, her Elaine Thompson, or right, or Shelly Ann Fraser Price at her best. Uh, obviously, beat her at the Olympics, but you know what I mean, like consistently. Consistently, mm-hmm. so I really want to see more Mboma versus Elaine Thompson Ra to see if she gets a few more shots at Elaine Thompson that her marks of being a twenty-one eight, twenty-one seven woman. All of a sudden, she's like, I can, I can get to 21.6. I can get to 21.5. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's – seems like a stretch getting down to 21.5 just because of how fast it is historically. But Yeah, not this yeah, year. We had the graphic up there of just how many times she's broken that world junior record. She was one of the few people to set a PR today. There were some quick marks, but most people put their faster times out earlier in the year. But 21. 78 she improved on her her previous best time from the olympics and not a lot of people running faster on this track than they were in in tokyo her and jackson and basically her and anybody it's just a key 
complete contrast in styles. I guess Shani Malawebo would be somewhat similar because she comes on late in the 200 as well too. But they finish in almost the exact same time or right around the same time. But the way their races unfold, they're coming from complete opposite directions and they just somehow land basically right around 2180, 2190 every single time. I'm interested in Jackson next year too. If she gets through the rounds in Eugene, what she can do. Because remember, she came down from the four to do this one-two thing. So I think she's got more there in the two as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, she's almost just as new to this event as Mboma, right? Because she's been training her whole life as a quarter miler. Now, obviously, you've done a few twos during your training, and you still need that speed to be an elite 400-meter runner. But this is the first year she actually went all in of being a one-two athlete, similar to how Fred Curley went all in on being mm-hmm. a one-two athlete. And maybe, I mean, yeah, look at her. Her PB, I guess, was 2205 from yeah. 2018, but that's a long time ago. So she hasn't forced her body to go to these types of speeds in three years. So this is kind of a rust buster year, and uh, she should be better in uh, 2022. Let's stay on the women's sprints. So let's go women's 400, and then we'll do the men's one, two, and four. How about that? Sure. Surprise. Is that what the the comment people, the the people in the chat want? I closed the chat because I thought my computer crashed because of all the compliments. So I, I shut it down. (laughs) So that way I didn't have any issues with, with the internet. So I don't know. I just thought it would make sense to go to the 400 and then we'll go back and do the one. Cause I, you know, the men's one, the one, two, we want to talk about the belt. And I think women's four is very interesting because Quinera Hayes pulls off the upset based on seed time. Coming in post Olympics, she had run two times in 50 second range, two times at 51, right? She was trending away from the 49 shape that she had run once at the Olympics and also at the trials. But then in a throwback performance, pulls out a 49.88 here off of a quick start to get that crucial buy to the 2022 World Championships. And she beat. Solid field, obviously Miller Weibo not there, but Paulino, who's a silver medalist in Tokyo, she got her by eight one hundredths of a second. Uh, Sada Williams has been running really well. McPherson was solid throughout the year. So Hayes, a, a big boost for U.S. women's quarter miling. As if they needed any more help, they're going to get four into to Eugene next year. Yeah, I'm trying to bring up who got fourth at the trials uh, this past. We are in the 400. I'm trying to bring that up. Um, Kendall Ellis. Was that Ellis? So Kendall Ellis got, okay. Yeah, Kendall Ellis got fourth at the trial. So athletes like her, Kaylin Whitney, who was in this race, mm-hmm. Lena, Ur- Lena Irby, even Felix, if she's planning on coming back one more time, this mm-hmm. opens up a door, right? You now have a 49-second woman you don't have, you don't have to worry about because you know what, no matter where she finishes in the U.S., uh, trials in 2022, she doesn't she doesn't count towards the top three. So, mm-hmm. uh, big win for the women who run the quarter mile in the U.S. Um, <laughs> maybe I'm not, I mean we'll talk more about the how the buy is going to affect uh, 2022 later on in this podcast. Mm-hmm. But the U.S. spoiler alert: they got 15 athletes with buys. So I mean, mm-hmm. 15 events. USA is going to send four people, which is mm-hmm. A lot. It's 
you know, almost half of the amount of buys you could get. So it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't see this coming. I thought Hayes' season had that big high, obviously, at the trials and the Olympics. Remember, she wasn't on the 4 by 4 so she doesn't come home with an mm-hmm. Olympic medal in the 4 by 4 She kind of looked burnt out in that Olympic final. And mm-hmm. her race before this one, she didn't run too well. She finished like 7th or 8th. And for her to like put it all together in this race, which is probably one of the more valuable moments to have a perfect race. Mm-hmm. Sure, she probably would have preferred to be on the 4x4 at the Olympics or medal at the Olympics. But this is the next best thing you can get. She guaranteed herself a full year of staying in the sport, relevant, getting ready for another chance at getting a global medal. Like, she... She's going to Worlds. Like, she, she, she got her moment. Like, this is – she got her mm-hmm. second Olympic trials win type in a, in a weird way. Yeah. No, 100%. She, just, she got it early. She got her 2022 U.S. championship berth in 2021 and not at Hayward Field, but in Zurich. And, yeah, that semi that she ran at the Olympics was awesome, 49-8, but then could only get seventh in the final, which kept her – off the relay or I don't, maybe she was going to be off the relay regardless based on how many women they were bringing in from outside the 400. But she obviously, she had a bad beat in that four by four selection. Cause she, in essence, you know, never really got a chance to get on the prelim to get a gold medal. And she could have, at least at the very least, if the schedule worked out, you would have her on there because people who uh, were slow, slower than her at the trials, lower down in the pecking order, got on the, First round, so they were able to get a gold medal, and that was just bad luck, kind of the like the fluke with this with the how the schedule worked, and obviously just how the personnel is shaking out now in the women's quarter. So, congrats to her, um, big race for for Quinera Hayes at at the right time here, right at the end. It's interesting. She opens the season with a forty nine nine, then the middle of the season at trials forty nine seven, forty nine eight, but in between that, there's like some fifty ones. There's some, like I said, two two fifty point eights post Olympics, and then oh, another forty nine at the end. So big beginning, big ending here for Quinera Hayes. Yeah. Should we stay with the four hundred and go over to the the men's four hundred, Mister Forty Four himself? What are Michael we at Cherry? now with Michael Cherry? How many? I lost count. This is fourteen. This is his fourteenth straight forty four second. You keep saying the streak's going to come to an end. He's going to break 44, and he refuses. He refuses to run 45 or 43. He's just going to run 44. And in this race, he almost almost didn't get this win. It was coming close. He had the lead. Karani James was coming on him. And if you rewatch the replay of his finish, it looks like his legs buckle out, and he Mm -hmm. collapses at the finish line. Both of them. They both go down. But him, his like it looked like his like his like like he was squatting or something, like falling down like vertically as opposed to horizontally. Like it wasn't a dive. He went like straight mm-hmm. down, not yeah. horizontal. Anyway, it worked and he won by 0.01. And that's the the most important one one hundredth of his career, getting that by to 2022. Obviously he's talented enough. He probably would have finished top three mm-hmm. at USA's, but this is huge, and it shows that like, you know, consistency is yep. king. Yep. He, yeah. the w- 
can always running 44 paid off and it paid off with yeah. the diamond league victory. A hundred percent. Yeah. It wasn't a streak just for streak's sake. It was a streak that led to this result, which is going to give him a leg up going in to 2022. And if you look at the diamond league and you're saying, well, this is track and field's regular season, which is weird because it's the regular season and there's the playoffs in the middle of the season, the Olympics, and there's a the regular season that starts again. But if you look at it as track and field's regular season, then you'd want to value the whole season and not just one performance at the end. Now track, it still needs to have this peak, this culmination, but he had such a great season that he's a, such a fitting champion for this year. Now he was a very narrow champion and that, that hundredth, as you mentioned, made all the difference in the world with 150 to go. And he's done this a couple times. Now his close is awesome because 150 to go. There was a couple, couple, there was a gap, a little bit of a gap. And then he just zooms into contention within a matter of stride, a couple strides. And then it was on between him and James. We thought those were the two guys based on the entries. Nobody else was really within a half second of them on season best. And it shaped up to be an amazing race. Cherry gets a little bit of payback for James beating him for the bronze in, in Tokyo. And now it's see you in Oregon. He's a diamond league champ, as he says. Doesn't the – go back to showing the profile pick. Doesn't the diamond, diamond league trophy just look like like a – a weight, like oh, a, yeah, so it looks like a, a, a dumbbell. A dumbbell, this is like a dumbbell mm -hmm. with a, a, a diamond, diamond on one side and like a silver base. Mm -hmm. It also looks weird because I see the 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 thing in the middle is an O, but it's supposed to be a track, right? That's what it's supposed to be. But I keep on thinking it looks like the um, Overstock.com <laughs> logo. Is that what okay. I'm thinking? Well, to me, that part looks like a Maybe track. But I'm with you. I'm with you on the dumbbell. Especially the way he's holding it. The no, way it looks Cherry's like holding the Oprah, it. The Oprah O. Mm. Maybe it's the Oprah O. Okay. Yeah, maybe that. I don't know. I just it looks like. Looks like the Do Oprah you think the diamond the should be bigger? Should the diamond be bigger? I think no, the diamond is pretty big. I mean, clearly it's it should also be a real diamond. That would be kind of wild. Imagine they found a diamond that big. I think it's a lot more real? people would be ent No, it's not a real diamond. How many people do you think would enter if that was the size of the diamond? <laughs> a lot more people would run. Everybody gets get, a hope diamond. Yeah, Everybody maybe you, you would get Rye Benjamin in it and Paul Chalimo will be yeah. running all these guys. Uh, but yeah, all right, look, it's let's a weird, get to the belt race. Trophy. It's a weird trophy. Let's get let's get to the belt race races. Hundred and two hundred men's combo sprinter of the year was on the line, and it was high drama. Gordon, the exact scenario. I think you predicted this. The exact scenario played out with Curly getting the 100, which set up the 200-meter showdown. Um, let's start first with the 100, though. Let's just discuss the 100, and then we'll move on to the two, and then we'll talk about what this means for who we think the best sprinter of 2021 is. Curly, 97, another late push for him. He, he was really strong the last 20 meters. DeGrasse also came on strong. Baker looked like he had a shot at it early on. But it was just Curly's strength over those final strides that led him to victory. 987. I feel like Curly, every race Curly's in, it's just a matter of hundreds here or there. And he's found a way to win or place really high in all of them. The grass runs really well, equals his PB, runs 989, but not quite enough. So Fred Curly, Diamond League champion two times now. This first one, his first one now, though, in the in the hundred. 
Yeah, I mean, before we talk about Fred and, and DeGrasse, get a little shout-out to Ronnie Baker getting third in that race. If this was World Indoors and it was a 60, Ronnie Baker, <laughs> I think, is going to be the favorite in the 60 meters in 2022 because he had an incredible start. He had a major lead on the eventual <laughs> winner in Fred Curley through 40, 50 meters. Uh, Baker just doesn't have that second level and that final 20 to 35 meters that Curly has. And that's what makes you a great sprinter, right? Yeah. Same Bolt did yeah. that. You know, like there, you see just those people when they're rolling on all cylinders, it looks like they're running on an airport moving sidewalk. It just like doesn't make sense. They're, they're traveling a distance farther than their legs should be able to go because mm -hmm. they just have that perfect turnover. And that's what Fred Curley, you see that starting at like the 40, 50 meter mark. You're like, whoa, did, is his lane like moving? Because something's not right because he's going much quicker than his legs. Um, <laughs> and that's what great athletes do. Bolt was like that, obviously. Um, Curley is showing that right now. Um, and he, I am like, we, we keep on talking about like the 400, 100, um, Incredible, like, uh, what's it? That, uh, yes. range that Fred Curley has. Oh, range. The word yeah. Range. Um, he's not, the thing is though, like, he hasn't been running the four hundred much at all this year. Mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm not thinking of him as a four hundred one hundred runner anymore. I'm just thinking of him as like the best hundred meter runner in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not looking at him as like, ooh, this incredible four hundred one hundred meter runner. It's just like, no, you're just. Mm -hmm. best 100 meter <laughs> runner in the world the most popular event the event that every young boy or man tries to get good at it's the the truest event to decide who's the fastest man in the world mm -hmm. you can talk about oh who, being the best miler you're really fast but no the fastest person in the world is the person who can run 100 meters in the quickest time and that's what fred curly is he's not 400 meter runner to me anymore if he wants me to call him a 400, 100 guy, he needs to start running the four, which I think he might, which would be great. I'm trying to, I'm trying to trash yeah. talk him into running the 400 so we can talk about more about his incredible range. But well, he wasn't but a 400 still, meter runner this year. He was a hundred meter runner, and but he still has. Showed, what's that? He still got the four. He still got the forty three sixty four. Which when we look at the point totals, that was the best performance. But you're right with his medals. His he has a better medal in the hundred than he does in the, in the 400. I'm just looking at his hundreds this year, Gordon. This was a 987. So he's at 984, 986, 987, 991, 992, 993, 994, 996, 996, 997. Win legal. My question for next year is what type of time is it going to take to win? And if we go back into the nine sevens with Coleman or anybody else, jumping into the nine sevens bromel if he gets back there lyles can he take that step into the nine sevens similar question i'd have for jacobs we just never saw jacobs after the olympics so i don't i don't know i don't know how to ask him that question because he's not around but because if it's a nine seven conversation i think it it gets it gets tricky right that club gets more exclusive but when you have it up in that nine nine eight high range i think next year we could see um, a lot of a lot of parity because there's a lot of guys in really close close range here. I mean, heck, even we were just talking last week about Michael Norman running 
a couple tenths off and and Bromel a few tenths off there as well. So I am curious what the what the winning time range will be next year, what type of times we're gonna see on the circuit in 2022. Yeah, I think Curly will throw down at least two nine sevens in mm-hmm. twenty two. Well, that'd be I think for him it's enough. gonna be make sure like make sure I'm running nine seven in the world final or like the US final or a like He's got to make sure he picks and chooses when he does his nine sevens. But I think mm. he'll have two to three, three at the most, one at the least. He'll run at least once a nine seven. But if he can get two nine sevens, that that'll be the recipe he needs. And I think mm-hmm. his consistency of running a bunch of nine eights and nine nines, yeah, over an entire season, he showed that he was never a flash in the pan. He was able to back up race after race. Every time he had a bad race, he followed it up with a good race. Yeah, nine seven is definitely in his chapters for twenty twenty two. Shall we go to the two hundred now, where we had Kenny Bednarik drop a nineteen seventy. Speak of consistency, Kenny Bednarik nineteen point seven zero to get the win. DeGrasse made this real interesting over the last few strides. Really impressive last push there. To go 1972, Curly coming back after the double, 1983. So couldn't pull off the one-two sweep, but Narek gets it done. You called this. You called this, and we've been talking about Ben Narek all all season long. Again, a, another I feel like very fitting champion, just based on how solid he's been and how frequently he's competed this year. Yeah, Michael Cherry deserved that the 400 title and Kenny B is basically the Michael cherry of the 200 with his consistency of running sub 20. He's run sub 20 mm-hmm. more than anyone else has done in a season. And he's not just running 1990s. He's running 198s, 197s. He's has a few 196s to his name. And uh, mm-hmm. it makes sense that he wins this race. He was fresh, right? It's not coming off the hundred. Um, mm-hmm. And he has the talent he had. He's a nine, six, 19, six guy. And, it was close, man. I, I I thought there might have been a moment where Negras would get him, but Kenny B winning this makes sense. It just it makes sense, and sometimes that's what you need in sports. You need the the result to just make sense, and Kenny B makes sense as winning the Diamond League in 1970. Mm-hmm. Only twenty two. Predicted, predicted it. Only twenty two years old. So keep that in mind. I don't think people. His age, sure. for whatever reason, isn't associated with him in, in the same way other athletes are. Maybe just because his rise seemed to be really quick, but only 22 years old. All right. What's the tail of the tape now, Gordon? You've had a chance to crunch the numbers between the 100 and 200. Now, there's some meats left, we'll say. But as of right now, who would you say the best combo sprinter of 2021 was? Okay, instead of just telling you, I think we just have to show you. So if you're listening to this podcast, I'll try to lay it out. But made this graphic. There are really six good, top threes. There's, I, there are six top threes that matter. The top three in the Olympics in the 100 and the 200. The top three in the Diamond League in the one, the two. And the top three in the world descending order list of 2021 in the one and the two. Uh, Jacobs shows up in two of the six categories. Uh, okay, so we'll just run through it. Olympics, Jacobs, Curly, DeGrasse was the 100. The 200 mm-hmm. was DeGrasse, Benaric, Lyles. 
Diamond League, Curly, DeGrasse, Baker. Diamond League 200, Benaric, DeGrasse, Curly. Then World Lead, uh, Win Legal World Lead. 100, Bromel, Jacobs, Sue, and Baker. 200, mm-hmm. Lyles, DeGrasse, Benaric. And so the name you see the most is DeGrasse. He's in, okay. he's in five, five of the of six, the six categories yep. in the top three. The name you see the second most, I believe, is Curly and Benaric, right? Because they have um, Curly, Curly, three. Curly has Benaric. three, Benaric has three. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Lyles has two spots. Baker, Baker has, has two. two. Jacobs has two. So it's basically DeGrasse, Curly, and Benaric. Benaric only has one victory. Curly only has one. DeGrasse has one. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to be willing to kind of scratch Benaric off the list. I don't know why I'm doing that. But actually, when you look at it just straight up, check this out. Let's just look at the at the... U.S. men. Curly, mm-hmm. first in the 100 Diamond League, second in the 100 Olympics. Ben Narek, first in the 200 Diamond League, second in the 200 Olympics. Mm-hmm. So Ben Narek and Curly kind of have a very similar resume. They've literally tied time-wise in one of the Diamond Leagues. I remember that. Ben Narek has beaten Curly a bunch of times. Curly has beaten Barrick a few times. DeGrasse has just been consistent, right? He's second the one in the two at the Diamond League, second in the 200 world lead, first in the 200. It's just like you kind of want to give out a three-way or a two-way trophy, right? Wow. Like, can we share the belt? Or do we have to give it to one of – because it's going to Curly, DeGrasse, or Ben That's who's getting the belt. Sorry, Jacobs. Sorry, Bromel. Sorry, Lyles. You're not getting it. All right, I have a tiebreaker. How do we handle this belt? What do we do? What's a tiebreaker? If if you're saying that they're even, I'm going to go to the person with the Olympic gold, and I'm going to give it to DeGrasse. I think that's a perfectly legitimate tiebreaker here. Also, DeGrasse in this 200 today going against a fresh Bednarik was tough. So not all these races were created equal here. So I think it's DeGrasse. I like the way you set this up going in where it was – Curly can, if Curly gets both of them, he jumps DeGrasse. DeGrasse get, gets a split. Uh, or if he beats Curly in one, then it's a, then it goes to DeGrasse. And then if Benaric just runs out of his mind, then we'd have to throw him in there as well, too. So this is the head-to-head. Is this this year? Yeah. No, this is all time. All time. That's all time? Yeah. So, I mean... This is between DeGrasse and Bednarik. So in this year Hungary, it's three, three. I mean, are we counting rounds and stuff too? If yes. it's we're not counting rounds, then it's three two Bednarik this year. Okay. Again, I'm going to give more weight to the to the Olympics though. So I'll go Bednarik, but I'll or sorry, I'll go I'll go DeGrasse, but I'll I'll hear your argument. Bednarik, I think, got because he was fourth at the trials, didn't get to do the hundred at the Olympics, right? So he was only in. In one now, same thing with you know, Curly was only in the hundred in the Olympics as well too, whereas DeGrasse was in in both. But then, are you gonna 
I mean, DeGrasse had an easier path to get to the Olympics in both. Not that he wouldn't have yeah. qualified, but Canada versus U.S. It's like if someone runs a 989 at the Canadian trials, they're going to get in. So the more I talk about this, the more I realize how confusing and close this actually is. But I'm going to stick with my gold medal tiebreak. I'll give it to DeGrasse this year. Okay, so you're giving the, you're giving the belt to DeGrasse. What I'm doing is yes. I'm going to turn the belt into a cup, right? <laughs> kind of like Stanley Cup style. And okay. During the offseason, DeGrasse, Benaric, and Curly each get to spend a month with this cup. It's called okay, I see. The, the Sprinter Cup. That's what we call it, just the Sprinter's Cup. Mm-hmm. And they, they get to do whatever they want for that month, and then they pass it to the next person. And so the month of October, we're going to let uh, DeGrasse have the cup. The month of November, we'll let Benaric have the cup. And then... The month of December, we'll let Fred Curley have this cup. They can do whatever they want with it. They take photos, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they can share it. And then what we do is we decide who gets to keep the cup in 2022. So I'm, I'm I just three-way want... tie. I'm doing three-way tie. Three-way tie. Mm. I know people don't like that. I'm Gordon. They, they all get the yeah. cup. You got to make a decision, man. You got to make a decision. You can't do three-way tie. I think. Let's play the game of would you ever predict this would happen with this question? Would you ever predict at the beginning of 2021 that we'd be discussing who's the best combo one-two sprinter of the year and it would be these three gentlemen? I mean, yeah, DeGrasse would be in there, but it's just, it's, I think everybody would have said different names. The three they yeah. would have come up with would have, been, would have been different or even a couple, even a couple months. This um, is funny thinking about, season. yeah, this three-way title between DeGrasse, Ben Eric, and... And Curly, just thinking about the names that aren't on that list, right? Yeah. There's no yeah, Noah yeah. Lyles, no Christian Coleman, no Olympic champion in the 100, no Trayvon Bromel. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, these are the three that rose to the top. They've all beaten up on each other. Yeah. And I'm the type of person that doesn't want to use the Olympics as the tiebreaker. Because I don't think that's fair. I don't think Olympics should be the tiebreaker. I don't think that – I don't think – Super Bowl championships or NBA titles should be the tiebreaker for goats and well, other sports. I know why you don't so, believe that for NBA, but let's not let your personal feelings get in the way of this stone cold analysis that we're trying to put out there. I think it does matter because when you when you put that graph up, you're putting a, a Diamond League title or a world lead on the same line as Olympic champion. And I think that is tough. Now, with someone like Jacobs, who literally didn't run up the Olympics, it's a different story. And I'm not saying people can't improve their stock after the Olympics because Curly and, and Bednarik certainly did. They had great Olympics and they just took off from there. But I think, I think the Olympics are the most important of those three categories. I don't think anybody would disagree with me on that. So in a world where Jacobs didn't exist and Curly won gold, and DeGrasse won silver in the 100, what would you do then? Well, it'd be a gold for Curly, but it'd be a silver and for... a gold for DeGrasse in the two. And a, yeah, and a, and a silver for DeGrasse. It'd be a lot closer. I, it might be a, two, a two-person cup then. I might have to borrow your cup idea, but just do it for Hey, two. okay. <laughs> so you're okay with giving out cups to people no. to share? No, I think, it would be, I think it would be Curly at that point. Maybe okay. Point. So I mean, look at this. Jacobs look at this. Look at this. is the reason. Look at this. 
put this put the 200 between the two guys up or no this is the two and the no this is just 100 excuse me it's the four to four four to four curly and degrasse this year can you put up their 200 travis or if you already did i apologize but uh well i was gonna say curly's never raced uh, he's oh, oh and one all time we got the wrong we got the with the wrong so four and four and then two and oh Oh, sorry, but one and oh, just today. That was it. That was our first meeting of the year. So I get if you combine them both, uh, grass slight edge. But yeah, I think that might be enough to tip it. But I'm talking about what actually happened. And what actually happened is Jacobs exists. He won the gold in the 100. Uh, Curly was silver. DeGrasse was bronze. DeGrasse won the gold in the, in the two. These are very close. All three had incredible seasons. I give it to DeGrasse. We're going to have this conversation again, I think, in a week or two where I'll come up with my, you know, top 10 world rankings Mm -hmm. and then piss a lot of people off because I can tell you right now, one, two, and three will not be the gold, silver, bronze medalist at the Olympics because I don't think that's how we should rank people purely on one event. So we'll do that in a few weeks, the official year-end top 10s. Uh, before we go any further, we got a uh, what's this called? Super chat from Ken. It's just UK and then a heart. So thank you, Ken. Gordon Speaking of UK, UK got the win that women's eight hundred. Kelly Hodgkinson mm-hmm. over Kate Grace, who got second. I needed Kate Grace to win this for me to have my big speech that Kate Grace is the second fastest woman of twenty twenty one. I never got it though. Kind of bummed, but. Hey, if I'm going to call you the second fastest person, the best second place finisher, it makes sense that you would finish second, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, no. I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, Hodgkinskin with the win, 157.98 over Kate Grace. The 800 is just so wild, both on the men's and the women's side. You just shuffle it up and someone wins or someone does. It's just, there's no consistency, I feel, with 800s, especially. Well, there is. There is with I, one person. With one, yeah, she's not there. So not there. this 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 event is her and everybody else. And when she's not there, the event gets pretty interesting. When she is there, we're all just watching her to see what she does. Grace, good effort, great post trials season for her. All the travel she did, all the one fifty sevens and one fifty eights, all the high places, Diamond League victories. It was it was great. It was just just off of getting that by, but you know she just out leaned Ghoul. At the finish line, good momentum for her going into 2022. 2022, right? Yeah, that's next year, 2022. 2022. All right, there's four more main races I want to talk about, and then we can do a lightning round again. Uh, women's 1500 and the men's 1500 are next. Uh, we got Faith Kipigon v. Safan Hassan again, and Kipigon gets the win here, 358. So the yearly win loss is Kipigon 3 to 1. In the 1500 um all of them have been very exciting this one was the slowest of the four and hassan basically seemed intent on shadowing kipigon if she went out in 62 i think she would have been right with her if she went out in 82 i think safan hassan would have just followed whatever faith kipigon did she was right there we get to 100 to go i thought safan hassan was going to go past gordon i don't know what what you thought but then kipiegon held her at bay and then the last 15 meters it looked like Safan's like legs just went to jello at that point and 
Kipiega was able to get the edge. But I, I thought for a moment, hey, we're going to get we're gonna get two to two here on the season series. Like I said, you thought Safana Sun's legs would go to Jello. They deserved to go to Jello again after her. We've they did. This they did go to Jello. Yeah. yeah. Her in, in crazy uh, 2021 season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Kipiegan has just shown that, like, I'm, I'm the top dog right now. And don't forget, like, Hassan can steal the spotlight for distance running on the women's side with her triples. But at the end of the day, she has her number. And this is the event. Hassan went all in on this too. She scratched the 5K. Yeah. Be fresh for this. Give herself no excuses of, uh, got the win in the 5K, then came out and get second in the 15. Great double. No, she went all in and it was close the entire time. It. Yeah. You would like to think, would the race have been different if it was a more honest effort, right? Because these both these women can run in the sub 355 range, uh, yeah. but. I, I think it would that... have been – I think this was to Safan Hassan's advantage just based agree, on yeah. how she's been running. And I think it was her best tactic and Kipyegon just too good. Look at that now. Lifetime versus each other. 9v9. Nine you know what's wow. – I mean, basically the only person standing between Hassan – and dominance in the 15, 5, and 10. You could say Laura Mir, too, because she finished ahead of her in Tokyo. But really, Faith Kipiega, there's just this one person who's there. So I admire Safana San basically saying, all right, well, I'm going to find her. I'm going to race her wherever I can. And I'm going to try to beat her. I think what would have been interesting, this is a, a, a sort of mini what-if, because it was post-Olympic, so it didn't really matter. But a mini what-if would have been, at pre, if she doesn't go for the world record in the five and instead tries to beat her in Eugene at pre, where Kipiegon dominated everybody and ran 353, that would have been an interesting race. And it would have been, meant that, you know, Hassan, instead of just doing a taxing world record effort, she just stays on this competitive thing and just tries to beat Kipiegon with all of her might. But just an incredible season for Kipiegon. Didn't run a ton, but every race she ran was spectacular. I want to give an incredible round of applause to Josette Norris. Mm. She got third in this race. Her, like, 2021, and you can even include a little bit of 2020, because that's when she started running elite times, has -hmm. been nothing but, like, incredible. Like, she was not a like a big talent in college out of Georgetown. She made a Mm -hmm. couple national championships, but she wasn't dominating course records or doing anything crazy on the cross country or or outdoor track scene. And for her to one, like get into 404, four flat shape, two, break four minutes, three, start winning races, and qualify herself all the way to a Diamond League final and finish third in a field that was pretty good. I mean, the top two are all-time yeah. greats. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, look at this. Look, if you look, bring up her 1,500-meter PBs. So 2015, 16, I think 17 she was in college. And then mm-hmm. took a year <laughs> off, doesn't run in 2018. 19, 410. 2020, she's running 415. 2021, 359. And then she runs four flat in a Diamond League final getting third it is incredible you 
And I was like thinking, seeing like an American athlete get third in the Diamond League, that's like Jenny Simpson. That is Shelby Houlihan world. That is Shannon Roberry uh, like level of talent. And for her to do this after being kind of like a no name during her college days and mm-hmm. just have an incredible like 18 months of running. And she's not going to slow down. She's still young. So she's in like her prime. And Josette mm-hmm. Norris, I think she's probably going to focus probably on the 1500 now, maybe instead of the five. Mm-hmm. She should make a, a, a world team in 2022. And if you can get third in a race like this, yeah, you could have a chance to medal. I mean, yeah, yeah. Laura Muir wasn't here, but you're running four flat in it. Like mm-hmm. she's yeah. beating people that make world finals. Uh, I just thought this was a great sign for her. It shows that not only she entered the world of, you know, being one of the top athletes in the U.S., but this performance shows that if she's given an opportunity to run at a world championships, she could surprise someone and finish third. We've had that happen many times in the women's 1500. People surprise, oh, got third, oh, got fourth. I think if she finds a way to get on the team in 2022 and she's, I mean, she's super fresh and super healthy, Norris shouldn't matter. She's run 359 now. And I – listen – yeah, we're in a world where 351, 352, 353 are common. However, look at how much the women's 1500 has changed in one year. Just in one year. Houlihan, not there. Simpson, we don't know what her future is. She's running a road race. Uh, Perrier, still there, still solid. But there's an opportunity right now for Norris to walk right in. In, in that two or three spot and even contend for the number one spot really this thing looked like it was going to be locked up at least two spots was going to be locked up gordon for another whole olympic cycle that's not the case yeah. anymore it's just yeah. not yeah so i've become a big josette norris fan over the, and i remember i did a podcast where i kind of like dismissed her because it was, it's before she did running 359s and four flats and 404s mm-hmm. but i vividly remember seeing her name on like a start list and be like, oh, yeah, okay. I know the name, but, you know, she's not at mm-hmm. El Perrier level. She's not at like, you know, Shannon Roby type con- level. But, man, I wish I could take that statement back because she is like at that level and now even better. Like if I said that state, if I, I, I don't know if we could find the clip. If we could find a clip of me, like, and like, just to pose it with a third place in the Diamond League. It's just like, Gordon, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know. It's always well, cool. It's cool when I'm like 1,000% wrong on someone. I, I just think but you cool. said her stock was going to the moon three months ago. So I don't know what yeah, you're talking Yeah, that, that was another moment when I – that was – so You were overcompensating? Yeah, it's still – we're going to the moon. We're still going to the moon. But that yeah. was still after me recognizing I messed up. Because I made the statement, Look. like I think, in 2020. I think I made this. She's oh, that's a long time ago. No one remembers anything that happened in 2020. You're in the clear on that's that. True. She okay. she's got to she's got to make a team though. Obviously, yes. that goes that goes without saying. Running 359 and four flat, great, puts you in contention for diamond leagues. But all the people you mentioned, at the very least, made teams or I don't even something like I feel like we should do this pod maybe in a couple months. Who who should do world indoors or who is world indoors important for in 2022? Because I think she would be the type of person who would benefit from world indoors, just going through and making a team. And I know caveat, no indoor Olympics and 
people do great at indoors and then we don't see them again or people do horrible indoors and we see them win championships and titles. But I, I just feel like the idea of getting getting through a couple rounds, running tactical making races, yeah. making a team is is important for her. Uh, let's go to the men's side of things. Men's 1500, where you can hang your head in shame. Your prediction that Jakob Ingerbritsen wouldn't lose and, until he retired uh, came came to a a sudden halt. His win streak ended at two. Again, Timothy Cherry. He Tim got ten. Jakob got two, and Tim said enough. Uh, this is what I, this was. What I'm talking about at the beginning of the show. Not fast, but close. This was an incredibly dramatic. Last hundred, almost like the women's race. You thought, hey, Jakob, Jakob's got a chance to go by. Chariot kept him at bay. It looked an awful lot like, and it was a little slower then, but it looked an awful lot like that Olympic final setting up where Jakob was just going to sit on his shoulder and then kick. But Chariot was was able to do it, and Gordon now has to deal with a bad, not just a bad prediction. Talk about a thousand percent wrong. You were predicting this guy was going to go undefeated for several years, and he didn't make it through September. So, it's I'm, okay. Okay. Yeah, you really I, I swung wrong. for the fences with that one. That I, was I, I a long shot pick. You picked a yeah. guy in the fifteen hundred to never never lose for three years. See, here's, it was a great I run do, for Jakob. How about this? I'm gonna I'm gonna adjust my prediction because clearly my prediction's wrong. But when you get wrong predictions, you adjust. You know, you recalculate, recalibrate the situation. Mm-hmm. He may not go undefeated. But he will go undefeated at world championships, both indoor oh, okay. or outdoor. All right. All right. All right. So he'll win 22 world indoors if he enters. He'll win 22 world outdoors. He'll win See, that's a soft world indoors. 2023 world outdoors. He'll win, the, he'll win every global indoor or outdoor championship, regardless of event, 15 or 5K, through 2024. So you, okay, but that's not that many races that he's going to win. I liked your other prediction better, where he just was never going to lose to anybody. I thought that was really <laughs> bold of you. Really showed some some gumption. So we're at eleven to one. If you count the pre pre classic, you got to give Yak because that was a mile, not a fifteen hundred. Yeah, give Jakob another one there for two. So he had two and zero. He's all on a little bit of a roll. He scratched the five too before he was fresh. He was fresh, but hey, if you went back three months and you said. The race was this close because this used to be one-sided in Chariot's favor. And the margins, yeah, they were close. But Chariot always seemed in control, especially back in 19. If Jakob has an off day and he loses by a fraction of a second, I still think that's a good – I'm not – basically, I'm not saying – I'm not giving up on the 20-year-old gold medalist. I'm just – I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm not giving up on Jakob Ingeritsen. You know, some people say you should have just stopped the count. I should have just stopped the count after pre – yeah, and be like, all yeah. right, I got the streak is over forever. But yeah, I, I screwed that one up. It's all right. Hey, it, you know, I wish I, I wish I could have at least gotten through twenty twenty one, right? Because yeah. then I could have yeah. ridden this take through at least May. But now I, the take is just dead. The take is dead on arrival. It's on. <laughs> hey, that's why you make takes. That's why you make a lot of takes. Some of them, some of them fall off, and some of them stick with it. So. This reminds me of a year. There was a year, I forget which one it was. Maybe it was 2014 or 2015 or something. I don't know. It was it was a while ago. And um, my other podcast, we did bold predictions at the end at the beginning of the year. So on 
the first week of January, I'm like, no world records at all in this year. Cause I, I did the math. I was like, all these are out of reach. And I think La Villani or someone like broke a record in February. And I, so my, my bold prediction lasted a month. I think it was just the, the, depressing. The other big prediction was when Lincoln wrote an article about the 5k oh, being yeah. always slow. <laughs> he wrote an article like the five, why is 5k no slow every year? No one's sub 13. No one, yeah. Yeah, no one's running fast in a 5K, and then like a week later, like 12 people run 12.50. Brussels. Yep, that was that Brussels was 20, I want to say 2018 with that one. That was a classic uh, Lincoln Lincoln heater there. Okay, let's move on. Uh, women's five, Francine Nianzaba, 14.28. The weird track didn't matter, Gordon. Not at all. Looked an awful lot like her races on the regular track. Beats Obiri there to get the win uh, diamond league champion qualifies to next year's world championships edge guy who's been around this year 14 30 or third but this is another one where host olympics someone gets locked in just just like some of these other athletes and the result almost seems to be pre preordained here that makes four wins in a row for Nian Saba. gordon so I know some people in our chat or outside of our chat are going to be upset with what I'm about to say, but some people think because she's a DSD athlete, she shouldn't be allowed to be in this race, clearly because she's, quote, dominating. Domin That's what she – I'm sorry. The Ensemble is not dominating. She's won four races in a row. That's not dominating. Dominating is not winning by 0.7 seconds over 5K. Dominating would be her running 1340 and Helen O'Beary would be like, oh, I, all I can do is run 1415. Mm -hmm. You know, dominating is breaking the world record every time you go on the track. Like, because of your unfair testosterone levels. She has a natural testosterone level that's higher than other people, but it's not a level that is unbeatable. Because if she was unbeatable, she would be winning by so much more of a margin and I don't want to hear this like, oh, she's sandbagging to make it seem legitimate. Bulls, bullshit. She's not sandbagging. She's winning by a margin that is normal. Like people run 1428 in the year of 2021. A lot of people do it. Americans do it. Americans can run sub 1428. Safan Hassan probably would have won this race. She's better mm -hmm. than Nian Saba. Now, Nian Saba could also beat Safan. Safan loses. She lost to Faith Dibiegan. People win and lose. And the idea that her, quote, dominating of the past four races is proof that she sh it's such an incredible advantage that the women are just being suppressed from not being able to win the Diamond League 5K on an outdoor 500-meter track is bullshit. They can win that because there are women out there who can run faster than 14.28 that just happen to not be in that race. There's also women out there who can and they never were going to. And it's okay that they get third because they were going to finish third. And all I'm saying is, Nian Saba is not doing anything that other dominant women haven't done. Elaine Thompson Hurrah shows up at a track rate and she's going to dominate. She's going to win. But no one's like, oh, we can't have Elaine Thompson Hurrah winning all these races. There's a problem. No, it's like she's just naturally better right now in the year of 2021. And occasionally she might lose to someone like Shelly. No one is complaining about the thing Mo winning multiple races in dominating fashion because they're like, oh, this is just a cool era. We have this 19-year-old phenom running really well. 
No one's like, oh, we got to pick and figure out why a thing Mo doesn't deserve the, the rewards of all the hard work. Nian Saba trains just like everyone else. She has a body that is developed differently from other women, but she's still a woman by the law. So I want to ask you, you asked me this a couple weeks ago. Uh, you, you asked me this a couple weeks ago. Do you think they're going to change the rule? Because now you have someone like Nian Saba in the five, and then you have Boma in the two. I think they're going to try to. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's bull because well, I, I know saying, that I know I know how you feel about it. I'm just wondering. You've you've made your point very clear on how you feel about it, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm asking what the, what do you think she's gonna do? Well, she'll go to the 10k. She got fifth in the 10. So they'll wait. So they'll keep the 10, but the five will be out. And what will they knock out the two and the hundred will be in? I think so. I think they're just gonna keep doing it and just look have egg yeah. on their faces. It's just like the idea. I just people freaking out over like, like just like if they win or not. It's just still making. I would I would listen to the quote science that actually was proven. Not they had to retract the the study, but I would listen to it if Nian Saba steps on the track and is like looking like a like is running like thirteen forties and be like, all right, sums up. But she's on the track running in the same realm of elite female distance runners. There's nothing different. And people thought Casa Semenya was on a different path. But looking back on it, Casa Semenya was probably worse, if not equal, to what a thing Mo is right now. We just were like, Caster's unbeatable. No, she wasn't. She clearly was beatable. She got third in the 1500 at the Olympics. She was beatable. Like... Yeah, and she was I good. In the, if, yeah, yeah, she ran faster in the eight hundred. She ran faster than yeah. than Mo has run in the eight hundred. Yeah, I the the tricky part with if you're Nian Saba or you're in Boma right now is just the more successful you are, the more likely you are to be excluded. Yeah, but it's clearly not slowing them down. The whole idea that they're sandbagging that's a that's a retread from the Semenya era, which the take never really made sense because once she was allowed to compete. Right? Why would she still be sandbagging? Like, why wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want to break a world record and get a lot of money? And then there was that time period at the end where her ban was imminent, but it hadn't gone into effect that last season, and she was still running really fast around the same times that she was running before. So it would never made sense to me why you would sandbag if you knew you were going to be removed from the event anyway. Wouldn't you be even more motivated to run faster at that point because they're they're kicking you out of out of the event, um, and you had already lost the case. That that argument's always been been a bit strange, but I, it's one of the big questions in the off season is is what they do with it because you could also see because of the the protestations of of these athletes based on on that news that that broke regarding the study that they used. You could also see them trying to go back to Kaz and getting the whole thing reversed. So I think everything is on the table. I think everything from now it's all the events to it's none of the events. Yeah. And I think there was like that people like, oh, like the, again, I understand the side of people who think like it's an unfair advantage. Even if finished first or last, it's still an unfair advantage. And I think the visual, uh, 
display, not visual, but like when three DSD athletes went one, two, three in the 800 in the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. People were like, well, my, they thought like, oh, it's taking over the event. Like, but I, I don't see like 50 DSD women all lining up to like take over the sport of track and field. Like, there's a there's a DSD woman uh, that was uh, Mboma's training partner. I'm not their training partner. From the same country, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tra- what yeah. was her name? Masalingi. No one, no one cares. Yeah, Masalingi. She's a twenty point twenty one point four runner. Like, and it's no one like if if it was such an incredible advantage, there would be a lot more of like boom boom boom. But we're just they are just regular athletes who happen to be winning. And they're fun to watch. It's fun to watch them go on win streaks. It's fun to see them get beat. It's fun to see them win. It's the sport. Oh. Call well, me to clarify, when Nian Saba to- starts running 1340, and then I'll be like, you guys have a point. But until then, no. Well, to clarify, like, to clarify, you acknowledge that it would produce an advantage, but you just don't, you don't think that's enough to exclude them, correct? Correct. I don't think the advantage is big enough the way right. an advantage of like doping is. All right. Uh, men's high hurdles. Men's high hurdles. That's the Jamaica last one. Then we're gonna... goes home devastated by Mr. Devin Allen. Is that, Is that the, the headline? Away? That's the headline, oh, no. right? Hey, Jamaica was, you know, dunking on the U.S. for all four by one inefficiencies for Shakari in the hundred. They happen to ignore, obviously, USA's dominance in the hundred, but I forgive the country <laughs> of Jamaica. But hey, what happened here? Our second best hurdler shows up and beats the Olympic champ and Ronald Levy. Uh, all joking aside, Devin Allen, hell of a season. You kind of forget that he got fourth yeah. in that Olympics. He And for him to kind of keep that consistency going, to follow up a fourth place finish with a bunch of European wins and ultimately an important win here in the Diamond League final is uh, pretty incredible for Devin Allen. So I'm happy for Allen. Uh, he doesn't get the buy though. That goes to Grant Holloway because he's the world champion. Um, yeah. But Devin Allen, 1306, legitimate time. Yeah. And his post, his post Olympics has been great. I mean, his Olympics was, was really good too. You know, finished out of the medals, but that's a tough event to meddle in very deep. Everybody crowded around, around 13, 13 low, but he's put out some good races here. Solid 13 low competitor. Again, I think. We talk about 2022, you're looking at Holloway. You want to see this French kid, Sasha Zoya, who broke that U20 record over the Lowell Barriers, run a 12-7, which is incredible to say. So Allen put himself in, in a good spot. A lot of times here, you know, these last five meets here, last four meets, 13.07, 13.08, 13.06 13-06 today. So three times under 13.08 in his final Four races, of course, you're in that 13-14 at the Olympics, and then the 13-10 at the trials. He's he's solid in that in that range. Question is just trying to get down, take that next step, um, which you know it's tough to do. It's tough to do, especially at at his age, 26 years old, to take that other step down. I mean, he's run 1303 uh, is, is is PB, but he's just knocking on the door so much there. I mean, I think he could be the the kind of the parchment of next year where maybe he doesn't come in as a top seed, but he's in the right spot at the right time and he's consistent 
and at the right moment he has the right race and could could get a medal could get gold yeah i mean we could be i was i'm not sure if this is i'm not sure was 2012 was where were the olympic trials in 2012 and when were they were they june 30th Basically, right. long story short, I'm trying to figure out: Has there ever been a time where second place at the at the U.S. Trials ran sub 13? And I I'm not sure, but Arius Merritt in Eugene on June 30th ran 12.93, and second place was Jason Richardson running 12.98. I just wonder if that was a prefontaine meet or if that was a U.S. Trials. I'm not sure. Uh, wait, June June 30th? You said June 30th in 2012. That was those trials. Okay, so this could we have a chance? Pretend, I mean, even Daniel Roberts if he gets back to his for, form. But there's only been one time in U.S. history where two men broke 13 in the same race uh, on U.S. soil at a U.S. Championships. Mm-hmm. We know Grant Holloway's probably gonna have to run a 12-9 if he again he has a buy, but if he puts up, he's gonna want to go for a win. But mm-hmm. we could have a situation where you have three sub 13 quality athletes all on the same you know u.s team going yeah, at it at yeah. the trials and that'll be pretty incredible i mean alan's never broken 13 but i think he's going to be doing 2022 and alan we know eugene that's that's his yeah. home home track so there's gonna be even more motivation to get back there in 2022 and i think it'll be pretty incredible to see a holloway roberts allen U.S. final, and then ultimately a repeat of it at the 2022 championships. Mm-hmm. All Long-winded right, way of saying, I think Allen can break 13. <laughs> That's what the whole point of that segment was. I think Allen can break 13 minutes. 13 I mean, it would be awesome. Because, well, by next year, if he doesn't do it this year, his, his PB is going to be six years old. So yeah. it's going to be tough, but that would be, that would be a cool story. Okay, let's do lightning round. Travis, can you throw up? Some of these results. We are talking about the women's eight. I want to go through men's eight, the steeples, the men's five, women's high hurdles, both low hurdles, and then any field event highlights. And then Gordon's going to show some uh, stats about who made the team. Okay, I'm going to do this true lightning round. We did lightning round the preview, and then ended up talking like eight minutes on one event. So I'm going to go real lightning round fashion here. Uh, career 144. Uh, wake me up when you've seen that race before. Rotich 144. Better race for Murphy than he's had. Closed really well and ran 145. But did this change your thoughts at all about the landscape of the men's 800? No, but I want to give okay. myself a little credit. I did say Murphy might have uh, like a repeat like U.S. trials type performance in this race. And third, if this was a Olympic okay. championship, he would be getting a medal. Sorry, I'm talking too much on the men's 800. I apologize. Career, I don't. I'm sorry I abandoned you. You are a great 800 <laughs> I don't know if we have time in the lightning round to talk about how great your prediction was, but I appreciate you trying to contribute that. Uh, go to the next one, Travis. Maybe steeple, one of the steeples. We pull up one of these steeple chase races here. Ooh, the men. Keegan. Now, that was an adventure. That was an adventure. One of the wider margins of victory it looked like throughout the entire afternoon until he got to the final barrier. And then for some reason, he ran <laughs> out in. <laughs> Out into the outside, like out into like lane two. He moved to his right, almost stopped, and then jumped it, and then almost got caught by El Bacali. <laughs> but Keegan's had an adventure, man. He he was in that race where they rang the bell early. Men's steeple's been wild. 
This was tactical. Bohr was in it with a lap to go and then got dropped to ran 824. My main takeaway was just Keegan's wild adventure over the last barrier. Lightning round complete. Next event. <laughs> so now you want to go fast here. Women's steeple. The name maybe? lightning round reminds me of Disney changing fast pass to lightning lane, which is very Okay, go. Anyway. Go. Um, Women's steeple. You're Women's up. steeple. Yep. Courtney Ferricks takes third, showing her consistency, has been there all year round. Uh, getting third in this race, pretty impressive. Almost had the second place, got out lean there at the end. Uh, drew two, though. She was the fastest in the field. Her 853 PB showed winning easily by a second over Kai Yang of Kenya. But Kenya won too, women's steeple. Yeah, and Jirto wasn't in wasn't in Tokyo. Legit could have uh, could have changed the landscape of things. Meanwhile, the gold medalist Perth Chematai ran nine twenty. She's had a rough rough couple last races, but still the gold medal. Let's go five k. We go men's five thousand back to our five hundred and sixty meter banked track that was only three lanes wide at some spots. Gordon has put on glasses for this part of the segment. I'm not sure why. Uh, Berhu Aragawi might hear more from this gentleman in the future. Unknown name going into Ethiopian trials and then runs at 2650, went on, got fourth at the Olympics, fifth and pre in the two mile, but he gets the win here. I mean, without Jakob in here, obviously without Cheptegei and some of the other big names, this one was not as star studded as it could have been, but it was the fastest ever 5,000 on a 560 meter track in Zurich. I just wanted to see someone fall off the track and no one did. So <laughs> next, that was the only reason I was watching it. Uh, next time we need someone to fall off the track. That, that, yeah. That's what I want. Uh, women's women's high hurdles. Is there a reason you're wearing sunglasses? Is yeah, this... I'm changing it up. We're in lightning round. This is a lightning round glasses. So we got to act cool and fast. That's the whole point. It's too, it's too bright that you need to wear glasses. The lightning is yeah, literally so too bright. The lightning's just Amazon. Amazon gets a PB. I said there weren't many people who got PBs. Toby Amazon got one, 1242. Visser got a PB in second, 1251. Uh, Tapper of Jamaica, 1255. First American was Chadwick in fourth with 1262. Okay. Lightning round, I'm going to combine the 400 hurdles, the men and the women. Yeah. They went exactly as we thought. Uh, Carson Norholm won and Femke Bull won, and they won in average times for their abilities. Bull ran 52.8, which is actually pretty good, but she's run 52 flat, and um, mm -hmm. Warholm ran 47 low, and we know what he can do in 400 hurdles. He can run 45 seconds, so... Nothing Confirmed. really interesting from those two events. I got lunch, like I said I would. And then Confirmed. I got to the bathroom. Uh, field event yeah, highlights. Krauser won again. Women's high jump was good. Lasaskine went 205. Uh, Katie Najat, you know, the women's pole vault, she was not able to win, which could have been a, another buy for the U.S. You and the Mar Rojas won. I mean, U.S. women kind of cleaned up in the – in the throws here with Maggie Yu and, and Valerie Allman getting the, getting the dubs. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's end this lightning round. And we're going to go talk about the 15 men and women who got to buy two world championships. So they don't need to win or get top three at USA's. They're going yeah. to worlds no matter what. This is big. I put, this is big. So the 15 men and women start with the men, Christian Coleman in the hundred, 
Noah Lyles in the 200, Michael Cherry in the four, Donovan Brazier in the eight, Grant Holloway in the 110 hurdles, Sam Kendricks in the pole vault, Christian Taylor in the triple jump, Joe Kovacs in the shot put. So those are the people who are going in because of World Championship or Diamond League. Now, let it be known, in an off chance that someone like Christian Coleman is hurt and doesn't decide to go in the 100, then Fred Curley would be given mm-hmm. the bye as a Diamond League champion in the 100. Um, but we're assuming that all the – same with Grant Holloway. If Grant Holloway were to get hurt, then the bye would Benaric go to – yeah, Ben Eric get the buy in the two. Devin Allen will get the buy in the one tens. But assuming these people all are healthy, they will get the buy. Same with shot put. Women, Quinera Hayes got the buy in the four. Nia Ali in the 100 hurdles. Dalila Muhammad in the 400 hurdles. And then three women in the throws. Maggie Ewan in the shot. Valerie Allman in the discus. Deanna Price in the hammer throw. And Kendall Williams... She is the 2021 Combined Events Challenge winner who will get a bye in the heptathlon. So that means these 15 events, USA will get to send four with one of those four people being these athletes. So good news for these athletes and also good news for athletes who compete in these events. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a men's 800-meter runner, you don't need to worry about Donovan Brazier taking a spot in the top yeah. three because he's already going. Same thing with... 400, 200, 100, et cetera. Looking at this list, uh, what type of dynamic are you kind of excited now knowing that these are the events where USA sends for? Well, I'm really looking at the events where the U.S. is in a tight squeeze, where we always say they could get four people to the final at the World Championships or Olympics, but only three qualify. So that's, of course, women's four-year hurdles, but that was locked in going back to 2019. So that's not new. But the one and the two, same thing. We've talked about how deep those events are now with people jumping events. I thought Cherry's qualification was consequential, even though he was probably going to move on anyway. But you never know who is going to pop up in the men's 400 because so many young athletes are able to thrive in that event. And a lot of these athletes are still going to run at the U.S. trials in their preferred event. They just won't count in terms of qualifying. But some of them are just going to run a different event or run one round and then and then drop out. So they may not even impact the dynamics of the race. So someone like Brazier, whether or not he decides to actually run through is interesting because he's someone who's actually going to influence the dynamics of that race. So that'll be fun to watch to see what he decides to do because obviously Brazier, if he's back to where he was in 2019, is the best in the world. I also think we just got off an Olympics, Gordon, where everybody was saying – What's wrong with the U.S. track team, particularly the men? Why aren't they getting any gold medals? Where are all the medals? Now we're going to swing the pendulum the other way, and people are going to attribute it to the home field advantage, which partly will influence, I'm sure, the performance for Team USA. It's hard to see them doing worse when they're competing at home. But it's also this. Look at all these extra people they're going to get in the championship because of these, these rules. You can't send four to the Olympics. You can only send three. And this is going to give the U.S. just a huge boost in terms of having four people. You're going to have situations where you might even get four Americans into a final where now that your, your medal odds just go up astronomically at that point. So something to keep tabs on if you're someone who watches the, the medal table. And also, I mean, if you have a favorite athlete in one of these events or if you're wondering, hey, is so-and-so going to lean to this event or that event? 
opens things up a bit. So this is what I want to see because of these uh, buys. I want to see Delilah Muhammad run the 400 at USA's. I want to see that. I want to see Grant Holloway run the 100 or the 400 mm. at USA's because he's got the buy. I want to see Holloway in a 100. I want to see Holloway in a 400. Well, and if Holloway well, does do the hundred, that gives him an opportunity to be on the four by one. Yeah, yes, that's my that was my point. That was my point. So, if Same you have, yeah, if you have this buy, there's two ways to to approach it. There's one, do the minimum and move on, and then the other way is to use it to your strategic advantage. And yeah, if you want to try to get onto a relay, right, or try to sneak on in a different event, that now is your time. You're never going to have yeah. a better opportunity than when you're going in with a free pass to Worlds. So, yeah, I want to see Grant in 100 or 400. I want to see Donovan Brazier in a 400 or 1500. I think it would be fun to see Brazier in a 15. We know he has that raw talent to run 335. Uh, so, that'll be fun to see him go up against, you know, Cole Hawker and those guys. But also in a 400, get Brazier on that 4x4. Who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, I want to see Lyles. Um, I want to see Lyles stay in the 200. I want to see yeah, yeah. the other guys try to beat Lyles and kind of be able Hey, I ran, guys, don't forget, I ran 19.5 in mm -hmm. 2021. Don't forget about that. And then yeah. Coleman, I want to see Coleman run the 100 because I want to be able to just see where Coleman stacks up against the Curleys, the Bromels, the Bakers of this world because is Coleman going to come in hot and be a 9.7 guy or is he going to be a 9.9 guy trying to get his way into shape. And Coleman is really helped by this because he doesn't need to worry about peaking or being in top form that early. You could say the same thing with yeah. people who are in, who get an injury for some reason or someone come. I have no idea what Christian Taylor's recovery is like, but it certainly helps to not have to worry about um, qualifying at this meet. You can just go to run one run through and then and then call it a day. And we don't know who on this list. There's 15 athletes. Odds are one or two of them is going to pick up some new injury in 2022. And that just helps out so much, gives you so much more flexibility, not having to be perfect on that day. Yeah. So here's to 2022. Mm. Let's do it. I'm excited. The podcast. Right, well, yeah, it's the, the end. Run the music. We did nine. No, we want to be. We want to be confusing on the music again, just like how we started. Perfect symmetry here. Uh, okay, we'll leave it there. No pod on Friday. This is the Friday pod. We'll be back Monday. We'll have more track to break down. As Gordon mentioned before, we got a whole other few set of meets. About a week left in track, so we'll continue to talk about that and any other stories that pop up. Thank you to Gordon for co-hosting, Travis for producing, and Colt, the world's biggest Minnesota Timberwolves fan, for producing. We will talk to you guys on Monday.